They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. As always, I'm your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. And before I get into my very special guest today, I'd like to, as I always do, thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin C.V., Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, collaborating online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, and Little Nikki, and my newest patrons, Molly, Kristen Anderson, Andrew Byrne, Paresh Maharaj, Seth Edwards, and Peter H. Crowder II. This show, as many, many, many of my shows, is brought to you by Cinemaspection Podcast. That's hosted by my friends Tim and Corinne Luz. They go into deep dives on topics on um, basically the best movies ever made and movies in general. I've been on about 16 episodes of their show and it's just fantastic and you should go check them out. Um, I would imagine they have some great stuff upcoming for the Halloween season this year. Um, and with that, because nepotism is real, my 14th $15 or more a month patron and one of my very best friends is here today to shoot the shit with me. Andrew Krause, introduce yourself to the internet. Hi everyone. Nice to be here. So, Andrew, how, how are you doing on this lovely, uh, what is it, Wednesday afternoon? I, it's, it is Wednesday, and I know it's kind of weird. You know, the days kind of uh, all kind of melt together at, at this point. I'm well. I'm just on a much-needed day off from work. So, Yeah, I hear you there. Um, you, uh, what did I see? You've been um, back at the Danvers Target? Yes. Well, just re- I just did a cameo appearance yesterday, um, and I'm – not going to lie that that's going to be the only time I'm going to do it. But, um, no, I did a cameo appearance yesterday just to uh, give them some support, uh, at a, you know, they're kind of in, uh, they got a lot going on. They needed some extra help from um, a lot of different stores. So, um, I got the call this time and I just went, so it was nice to see everybody. And, um, you know, I, for those who don't know, I worked at that store for 18 years before I moved to my current store. So, uh, I have a lot of friends there, and it was really, really nice to see everybody. Um, but um, I really do like my new store, so I had really no plans on going back there anytime soon. Nice. Yeah, no, I just saw you covered a shift. For those of you, you know, Andrew, like me, is one of those, um, uh, you know, um, essential employees that have been pulling along the world ever since the beginning of this mess we're in since March. So, Andrew, I t- you've, you've basically been there the whole time, right? There's been no – you guys – I have – Right. Yeah, I have Target never closed for anything. So um, I we've been there since the toilet paper shortage of 2020. And uh, now it's the paper towel shortage. I've gone to Market Basket like two weeks in a row and they have no freaking paper towels. I don't get that. You know, I I have to I have to wonder, like, you know, at first, did did, did people we're going to people clogging their toilets now? I mean, I got to I got to imagine that finally at this point, people have been in the house for what, six months now and eventually they're going to have to start cleaning at some point. So they probably just stockpiling paper towels. It's, it's completely bizarre. So, uh, yeah, you know, um, you worked at the Danvers target, which for fans of the Talkbuster podcast, hear me talk a lot about a Denny's that I frequented. That was right across the street from the target that Andrew worked at. Did, um, back when that place was open, was that a, was that a target haunt as well? Did you guys like do late nights and then hit up the Denny's after work ever? No, but I do have a story about that Denny's. Okay. Actually, ironically. So a bunch of my friends and I, so, so for those who don't know, I'm into mass, I'm massively into theater. So um, oh, we were going to get to that, but go oh, for good. it. Yeah. Oh, good. So a bunch of my friends had gone to see, and my, myself and my mom had gone to see a show in Boston. We had seen Legally Blonde, bad show. Um, we're not going to, we're not going to rehash that experience. But we had gone. It, it come out so it come out come off so late that we had gone to Denny's afterwards because we were all hungry, and the place was just kind of a. I mean, at the time this was like I think very close to when it was about to close down. Yeah. And it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest experience, and also the fact the waiter there was a little too friendly with my mom. Oh boy. And yeah, a li- I don't even. I mean, I don't know who he, who he was, but he was just a little too friendly with my mom. And I at one point, and I'm like, 
I did, I was just very like, mm, okay, they want to step off. However, we did have a couple of times that we went there before Black Friday. So, um, uh, the, we had gone, we had gone, had gotten breakfast and coffee at Denny's before uh, Black Friday when, we, when the store would open at midnight. But um, that was it. I really don't have that. That's not a Denny's. I was never a Denny's fan. Oh, God, no. Not, not so hard, much that one. Hardly, hardly a fan. <laughs> it's more that Denny's was the place that was open. That's kind of why we ended up oh. there. Oh, um, yeah. And we'd be surrounded by the Rocky Horror folk that were coming out of Hollywood hits on the one Friday a month. They did the midnight showings of Rocky Horror. So you'd have all those folks there. It was a, it was a riot. But um, Which it's just I always have not good. seen yet. I've You've never seen, seen Rocky Horror. I mean, no, I've seen Rocky Horror, but I've never seen that like in that experience that everybody keeps telling me about. The, well, the I, I, I know experience. a mutual friend we both have that if they know about that, you'll be seeing it as soon as possible. I, I can imagine. I have a feeling. I, I that same mutual friend has already told me that that's going to happen. Okay. So. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, so yeah, j- just to give, you know, p- people hear me talk about stuff. The other cool thing with, with um, Black Friday in Massachusetts is that luckily, um, you know, Massachusetts, even though the fact that places are open on Black Friday at all is kind of a mess, but we're still one of the few states where you, you know, can't open before midnight. So that's, that's an interesting uh, little side note, right? Yep. That is correct. And I, and I hope that continues because, you know, I, I do love Black Friday shopping, but I do think people should have their Thanksgiving to themselves, in my opinion. That's what I, like I said, that's what I love about even working in Massachusetts, because, you know, you go over the border and, um, you know, you go over the border to Salem, New Hampshire, and, and they're, you know, they're raring to go on Thanksgiving with, um, this is in the past. I, um, they, I, to my knowledge, Target hasn't re- re- released publicly what they're doing this year so um, i really can't touch on that but um i know in the past you know like people just end up going up to salem new hampshire if they want that thanksgiving night fix but what they did last year was um they would in the in states that could open they could they opened on thanksgiving closed down and then reopened the next day at like 6 a.m because historically even when they started opening it at midnight you'd have that initial rush of people at midnight or 1 a.m. because we would open at 1 a.m. Uh, that you'd have that initial rush of people, and then maybe like one or two, like maybe two, two and a half hours into it, you would get this lull that would happen until like f- maybe like six or seven, eight o'clock at the you know maybe the latest, and then it would pick up again. But nine times out of ten, your that rush would be starting when the bulk of the team was leaving, so it would just got be really kind of crazy and that's usually when i pieced out myself because i would always be on the, the late shift or the yeah shift. it was chaos so, some of my favorite black friday memories or when we were back up in um in lowell there was a, a super walmart in um salem new hampshire that was still 24 hours a day at the time and so even though they opened at midnight the black friday deal started you could get in line at like 10 p.m in the store like at the thing you wanted and so you didn't have to wait in the cold. And it's like, that was actually kind of nice. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, ha- having worked in the work, having worked in that store for as long as I have, even, you know, in, in Danvers anyway, I never got to experience, cause I went right from, you know, 17 year old high school graduate to 18. I'm sorry. Wait, I started when I was 19. So I, I went to, I started really early. So I never really got to experience the, the, pan, the pandemonium from the guest perspective. I always, um, saw it from the the team member perspective and at first it was really really crazy so people would literally run in grab whatever those doorbusters were and then they would fly out they would fly to the front and then as i got into management and target got wise um when people started trampling other people uh they became they they got a little more controlled in the way they do things and they and they started like metering guests and and they would you know send a a couple people in stop give them a minute then let a couple more people in um similar to how they do it now with um if stores still do um lines out the door to uh, you know to to, for capacity right exactly target target always seemed to do it right they always seemed to be the people that were in front of the mess because uh 
And, and we, we, you know, we always like Target because there's a Target right on the um, New Hampshire line that we call the secret Target. And people would go away from there. When, you know, all you'd have to do is get in line and see the people wait in line and be like, hey, you guys know the Salem, New Hampshire one's already open, right? And like half the people would leave because they were like, <laughs> so it's like you, you could, you, you had your pick of everything because there was no one left. It was you're awesome. Are you talking about, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give out the secret if I say, if I say what town it is, but well, I think I know what one you're talking about. Is it Wilmington? Yeah, it's Wilmington and yeah. the and, oh, Methuen. Uh, I never know. I never remember right on, I think it's North Andover, the three we called the secret target. Uh, the, well, hey, probably Haverhill, because there's one Haverhill. in Haverhill. There's, there's one in Haverhill, there's one in Methuen, there's one in Wilmington. I, I never remember, for whatever reason, I never remember Methuen. Like, I remember all the other ones, but because probably Methuen is, I think, the only target in our district or in, like, the surrounding areas that I have not been to. I Because I can oh, never Methuen's get... really nice. Yeah, I, I think I I might have been like may have been in it once to like, you know, pick up an order or something like that. But I um, I have never actually been in like have not like had an opportunity to work. Oh, no, wait a minute. I'm lying. I did have an opportunity to work on there. Sorry. Um, I'm going all over the place. But yeah, no, I that's, uh, that's the point of the show, dude. Have at it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I did have the opportunity to work in there for once because I think I was helping them with uh, a process. That's the one other thing about Target that I love is if another store needs help, um, they get everybody, you know, they, they kind of mobilize the troops and, and they send support to the different stores. So um, that's one of the, I think that's one of the things I like about working at Target. And I've worked there for a long time. So this will actually be uh, November 16th. I'll be there for 20 years with the Holy company. Crap. Yeah. 20 years. Damn. So that would I'm have only, been. I'm I, only 25, so that's somehow impossible. Yes, if I had stuck, if Blockbuster was still a thing, and I had stayed at that job part time, I'd be hitting 20 years. Wow, that's nuts. Yeah. So isn't I, that I, why I, I, my I, story... I have to say, by the way, I have to say, I love that Blockbuster group that you put together. I I get a oh, I get a huge I, kick out of no, that. It's funny. I I can't take the credit for putting it together. I got I got asked to join. Oh, really? And then. Um, the guy who created it became a fan of my show and asked me if I wanted to add him in the page. So nice. I just started inviting everybody. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those, um, uh, you know, just a victim of circumstance kind of things, right? Like he, he's a guy named um, uh, West. What's his first name? Oh, I feel really bad that I'm not remembering his name online. He's going to be pissed. But he he runs West Media Group. He he runs online radio channels out of North Carolina. Oh wow! Um, and he uh, you know, um, has like a '90s page and a few pages. And he uh, he really thought the idea of having a movie site themed around Blockbuster would be a cool idea. Started a few years back, and so he invited me to that, and I'm helping him. You know figure out stuff for the radio stations and uh, a Jesse, his name's Jesse West. There we go. I'm like, I wanted to call him Taylor, but Taylor, Taylor's the guy that directed the blockbuster movie I'm getting, ah. but yeah, no, yeah, I, I, the page went from like five or 600 members to nearly a thousand just from me That's... inviting people. So that was wow. cool. Oh, I love it. I mean, I, I have my own little, I mean, my, my memories of blockbuster are more from the, um, you know, my antisocial high school past where I, every Friday night I would, you know, we well. It's funny. This is how I ended up starting, like getting my membership at Blockbusters. There was this video store down on. Well, you probably know what it is, but uh, this video store way back. It, it used to be in the old Pavagino's Plaza Magic Video. Yes, indeed. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, I we used to rent my my family used to rent movies from there all the time, and then all this at one point the movie Twister came out. So you know, you know the the on video, and all I wanted yep. was to, to rent Twister. All I want is like, I was like, dad, I just want to like get a sub from Fosse's and, and, and watch Twister while you and mom are at work. So he would, um, he would, he, we could not get that movie for beans. Like it just, it, nobody, nobody had, none of the stores had it. Finally, Blockbuster had it. Um, so he got the membership, he, he, he traced over there, got the membership to Blockbuster and got it for me. And then, you know, I think that ended up being, becoming like a, a weekly thing for me is I'd go to Blockbuster, I'd get a video, I would, you know, go home and, and watch a video. But um, those th those were, as I like to say, simpler times. 
Yeah, was that the Boston Street store? Yeah, the one that's right. That's where it's AutoZone is is what it is now. Yes, it is. I love that one. The blockbuster that everybody, like all of us, because I worked at the Salem one. And the Mm. reason I worked at the Salem one is that instead of Lynn, it's, it's weird that I did the Salem one instead of Lynn, is the same reason that you basically said my antisocial high school days. So all of my friends were older than me because I made friends outside of school because I had a rough time in seventh, eighth and ninth grade. And a lot of those friends were Bob's friends that he worked at Blockbuster with. So on a Friday night, I didn't have friends in high school. I went and hung out with, I drove up to the Blockbuster and would shoot the shit with those guys for a couple hours and go home with a movie. And sometimes meet them after work at Denny's or whatever. So I ended up getting the job because they just saw me there a bunch, you know, (laughs) And the rest is history. <laughs> and the rest is, I mean, and then those guys ended up being in my friggin' wedding party, you know, for, for Christ's oh, sake. Wow. Um, That's crazy. But, yeah, like no, I said, I, I wish I had a great story like that, but I don't. Like, I was just the literal antisocial kid. Like, I didn't do much. And, I mean, I, I also went, I, like, you went to, um, well, you went to St. Mary. How Did you graduate St. Mary's or did you I did. I, I got out of there in ninth grade and it had okay. nothing to it had nothing to do with the school. It had to do with my classmates. I, gotcha. um, that was my, I, I had the worst, worst time with the kids in my grade at that school. Um, yeah. and I, I couldn't be near them anymore. Yeah. Well, I, like, cause I, I had gone to a Catholic school, but my, my, well, I went to school, uh, four cities over from where I live. So I went to Malden Catholic, which is four cities over from Lynn. So most oh, of my friends, huh? Away. Malden's yeah. four cities away. Well, oh, right, because it's Saugus Melrose. Oh, well, shit. It depends, it, it depends on which way you go, but usually I would go from Lynn to Saugus to through a little bit of Revere into Malden. Yeah, but, no, you're right. Um, shit. But yeah, it's, it's, but, you know, growing up in that, that environment, it was, you know, having and only having um, that, you know, all of my friends pretty much were either in, didn't live near me, didn't live anywhere, anywhere around me. Plus, I was also that wallflower that didn't get his license until he was 19 years old. So yep. I really couldn't go anywhere. Um, so, like I said, that that Boston Street block burst was a godsend. I mean, I, I, I mean, I did have friends. I, I don't want people to think I was a, I was a pitiful person. I did no, have friends. Some of our I mean, <laughs> we, we, it's, it's funny that you and I didn't meet and be friends sooner because our fathers worked together my entire childhood. Yep. <laughs> like, and, um, uh, you know, um, we had mutual really good friends. Yeah. I still think that it, was hilarious. Just... The way we actually met like, yeah, absolutely hilarious that none of us, I didn't know who you were. You didn't know who I was, but yet we carried on. Like we had known each other for years. And then the next thing, you know, this mutual friend goes, Oh yeah. You know, Chippa's dad works at the item. I'm like, you do. He does. Yeah, we literally were hanging out what two or three times before. It, yeah, it, I didn't know your last name. This is just Andrew, you, right? You know, what I mean? and I didn't know your last name other than I think it was. I think it, I just knew you at that point. It was just Chris. So, oh, um, or Chippa. Do you know what's well, really funny? I I would have I would have picked up on Chippa because I knew Bob before I knew you. Oh, that's true. That's true. I had met I had met Bob because he knew Mike. So my right. friend Michael. And how did I not meet you through Lawless? I don't know. That's another another mutual friend. Like how did like Mike Lawless was my like my only person I hung out with at St. Mary's. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, that's really so it's like it's like the walls were like closing in. Like you knew people, everybody that I knew, and then it was just like wow. You know, the 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 network grew, but I think but it was a great I mean it was a great network. I think I think everybody is has always been very supportive and, and really inclusive. And I really you know, I really like you guys so. Well, that's awesome. And for those of you listening, as you can tell, my real life connections and friendships happen the same way they do on here. Like I, I've met so many people through circumstantial connections through these silly podcasts. So it's, I I'm, I'm finding ways to make friends every step of the way. (laughs) But, uh, what was I going to say that there was something that popped into my head that, that, Oh, so, so one of the reasons I wanted to, to have you on this show, um, I mean, outside of just getting to talk, because I do want to talk about musicals, too. I want to get there because 
a lot of geeky people listen to this show and Hamilton is a really, really big deal right now. And so we could talk about stuff like that, but I did want to give you a chance to talk about, you know, Andrew, you know, your full-time job is target, but you also have dedicated, I'd say more than 20 years of your life to boy Scouts, right? Yes, that is correct. So I I wanted to give you a chance to tell people about that because I think, um, I think far too many people, especially nowadays, have a, a less than stellar view of, of that. And it's always good to find someone that I know who's genuinely a good person that because I loved it when I was in it. And I only got out basically for the same reason I got out of Catholic schools. I just didn't like the people. Um, and uh, um, but I think there's there's a lot of good there. And you obviously, you know, have dedicated a ton of time. So just I, I, when did you start? So I started, um, it was funny because I also, is I, I went to Catholic elementary school and we know it like most Catholic elementary schools, you wear a uniform. And I, I just kept seeing all my classmates, you know, in, in second grade, they're like, they didn't have to wear the uniform. They wore this other uniform that was looked really cool. So I said to my mom, I'm like, mom, I don't want to wear my uniform for like one day a week. So I want to, I want to join this thing. Like, I like this, this looks cool. So she signed me up. I, I signed, I became a bear scout. In Mrs. Cavanaugh's Den, Den 3, Pack 22 at St. Pius. Stadium. So you jumped in after Tiger Cub. Yes. So contrary to popular belief, you actually don't need to start um, from Tigers and, and work your way up. You can, jo- you, re- you can join at any time. You can join, you can join in um, Scouts BSA if you want. And it's, it's now called Scouts BSA because, as people may not know, um, they have, uh, starting in February of last year, I think. Yeah, February last year you were able to start girl troops. Um, they're not, it's not a co-ed program, but it is a, it's a co-divisional uh, program now where you can have boy troops and you can have girl troops. So um, the, what I, um, now one of the reasons, here's, oh, here, here's, here's a question. Cause it'll mm-hmm. come off as a, I, I can see the comments um, on this already going into, you know, the hot button issues of today. Um, and again, that's not what this conversation is about. I think there's a lot of good in it. But when you say they have girl troops and boy troops, are, do they allow people that identify as either to go in? Like, you know, say someone transitioned or whatever, or is that not a topic that even comes up yet? To my knowledge, it hasn't come up yet. I mean, if it has, I, I really don't no, it's, know, it's more just to be honest curiosity. with you. So the um, Boy Scouts, it's one step in a good direction of inclusion, but you also exactly. have... You also have the things that come up that every parent, you know, is a well, you know, when when you think about summer camp, they keep the girls and boys separate. Doesn't mean the girls and boys oh, yeah. aren't sneaking in and doing, you know, what young kids do. Um, but and, yeah, and then it's over- what's been great is that they're they've really prepared. I mean, they prepared for it in the sense of you know they've adapted and, and updated and adapted the youth protection um, strategies uh, to make sure that you know. You know, the, the guys, especially when it comes to camping, the guy, because you can do, you can't do like code of co-ed stuff, but you know, if like if the girl boys troop and the girls troop want to go on the same camp out at this, together, they can, it's just, right. you know, they, this one has, they just, one has to take one site, one has to take another site. That's, I mean, yeah, they're not sharing, they're not sharing right. they can, stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they can either be, because, because the way that, the way that I believe, I think the way it works is you can have a. And like you can have an individual girl troop that is just girls, um, or you can have a linked troop, which means that you can, it can be a troop that is um, spun off of the initial one. So like say, um, like I don't have my troop at, at St. Mary's anymore, but if St. Mary's wanted to do a, a troop, um, it would be like troop 121B, troop 121G. So, like you said, you could it, it, they they would have to have different leadership and everything, but of course, um, you know, they couldn't have this. You couldn't have the same unit leader. But um, I will say this is one. It's, I mean, it stems from in in my I, I you know because I, I mean I not only was I a unit leader, but I'm also I do some work on the district level. And at one point, I did some work at the council level as a camp director. Um, I almost got a job as a Boy Scout professional, but turned it down. Um, actually fun fact yeah um the it stems from i think the need for more family time and how more you know 
So the kids nowadays are, to me, are anyway. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you've got two, and I know they've got a lot. They they do a lot, but they've got so much going on. So I think that the 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 it stems from, in my mind anyway, um, the need for like family time because now yeah. it's just because you know Cub Scout the, the Cub Scout program is more of a family scouting thing where you can actually where where girls and boys can join. Um, and they, they have the, like a family scouting program so that, you know, in, you know, exactly. instead of, instead of, you know, like me having, you know, Jimmy having to go to his boys, his Cub Scout meeting on Wednesdays and Jill having to go to her Girl Scout meetings at on Thursdays. Now that we can all go on one and then we can all, you know, we can all go to one meeting on Friday. I just That's one of the reasons why I think that the need for it was there. Um, and plus membership was dwindling. Let's not lie. Um, yeah, of course, of course. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's only been, I mean, it's only been a year, two years since the girl troops have started. Um, there are a couple of girl troops in, in our, our uh, North Shore area, which, um, and I know the leaders and they're actually all thriving, which is really great. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. That was the next question is, did it, did it, um, did it catch on? You know, yeah, that it is. I mean, there's not, there aren't as, there aren't a lot like, this, I, I'm not sure. Don't, don't quote me on the number. Cause I'm not sure off the top of my head, but. Um, cause there's one actually in Lynn, um, Great. but yep, there is one in Lynn. Uh, there is, I want to say like maybe like five or six on the gent on the North shore area, like something like that. It could be, I could be wrong, but, um, five or there are maybe like five or six on this, in this area and they all seem to be doing very well. And in the, the program itself, um, safe from, you know, the, the new, all the boy girl stuff has really adapted well to the pandemic and they've um, like really transitioned a lot of their stuff virtually. And oh, it really helps. Yeah. It, it's, it's really helped. It's really helped the kids engaged. And in, uh, in fact, we've all, we've all had um, a lot of troops have been able to see kids advance to Eagle Scout rank. And um, throughout this pandemic, I've actually coached a, a scout myself from, um, the project stage up to th through the Eagle board stage, um, which, uh, you know, throughout this pandemic and it just, it, it proves to the, to the create, it just shows the creativity and the resilience of a lot of the leaders, how well they can adapt to it. And, you know, how well, you know, in, in this case, anyway, this, this country is adapted to in being indoors and being home and, and, and everything like that. But, um, you know, g getting back to the program itself, um, the reason why I've spent so much time in it is I, I, is I love the program and I love the message it gives to now to young men and now young women. Um, it's, it's all about leadership. It's, it's, it's leadership, it's resilience, it's, um, and it teaches you skills and it allows you to come out of your comfort zone for things that you might not have done before. You know, it's one of the reasons why I feel like I've grown as much as I have with it. Um, because had I not been in scouting, I don't think I ever would have, um, A, I never would have, you know, been a camp director. I never would have been able to do all the things that I did and, um, you know, come out of my comfort zone. Because, I mean, that comes from leading campfires and, you know, running events. Because, I mean, it's a youth-run program. So a lot of events that, they, that you do, you have the scouts run, but the leaders are there as just a, an, a, a mentor. So that's one of the reasons why I love it is because it really allows, I've, I've, I'm really love watching the youth that I've gotten the chance to mentor. I really love the watching them, um, grow in their, their personal skills, grow in their leadership skills. And that's one of the real reasons why I've stuck with it for so long. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. I'm, I would never, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a lot of work. And in some ways I feel like it has, taken its toll on my you know social life but you know in in you know not so much now as I've pulled back a lot from it but um before definitely but I would never have stuck with it if I didn't believe in the program and believe in the good that it does um and that's that's one of the real reasons why I've, I, I I do it um and and that's I'm very very uh passionate about it that's probably the best way of putting it. No, that's true. Um, yeah, man, that that's awesome. 
um, it, 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 it's so cool to see someone that stuck with it so long and someone that thinks so positively of it. Cause you know, you can get people that, you know, fall into anything that they just do it because of oh, this is just the thing I do. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, I think something like that, you know, I, I was a teacher in college, you know, a um, you know, a, a research assistant, a teaching assistant. And I always think back to, you know, just that, like you said, seeing somebody benefit from you, the time you put into something is really yeah. cool. And the, the thing I always liked about scouts and again, you know, people are, can get there, you know, people are cynical about everything. So you're going to be cynical about everything, but it's exactly what you said. It gives you a place to step outside your comfort zone, but in a controlled accepting atmosphere. Right. You know, like you get a chance to go camping and light fires and fire weapons and build things and do this stuff that if you were out doing it with your friends, you might hurt yourself. You know what I mean? Exactly. Else, but you're learning how to do it and also learning how to deal with it if you encounter it in a non-controlled, non-accepting situation. How many times have I, you know, since scouts been camping with my friends and be the only guy in the group that knows how to light a fire? You know, (laughs) I've been there. Get wet. You know what I mean? Or, or whatever it is. It's, it's really cool. And it's, it's life skills stuff that unfortunately we have to have, not unfortunately, but we have to have programs like this. And you, you can look at it at any level. Scouting teaches life skills that school mm-hmm. doesn't touch on anymore. Um, 100%. That, all right? about that. Um, you know, then you need hobbies. Like if you want to be into music, you have to take that on outside of school. That used to be a thing that you, that could just be what you do. You know, um, I, I think it's really important for us to have these things. And the fact that they're willing to be progressive and recognize that, you know, that's a family oriented thing and the family doesn't have time to have all their kids in sports and to have both kids go to a separate scout program. Cause my mother and father were highly involved in all the scouting stuff I did, but my dad worked a full-time job. Yeah. So my mother ended up being our den leader, you know, for like the little group of people that we had like, you know, the meetings that weren't the big group meetings at our house. And so she got involved at that level. But then like the camping trips, the all guy camping trips, my dad would go on those cause they were on the weekend. So it's like, I got these very family oriented things. Um, See, and knowing that there's a way to make it easier for a family to be all involved is really important. I think it is. And I mean, that's, and that's the whole idea of, and I feel like that's the whole idea of the scouting program in general is it's all about family. It's family involvement. It's it's, and that's what, and they really make a lot of that, um, evident in, in the things that they do. Uh, but the fun fact about my, my original scouting experience when I was in Cub Scouts and in Boy Scouts was my parents weren't involved. I was one of those oh. rare anomalies that my parents were not involved. Well, my mother was to a certain degree. Uh, and in fact, my mom has become like a huge uh, piece of my scouting career because she, it, she, was not, she was not involved heavily when I was going through the program um, as a scout. Uh, they, my mom worked two jobs to put me through high school. My dad, as you know, as you know, worked a full-time job. So they didn't get to go to a lot of, they went to like pack meetings and stuff, but they didn't get to go to a lot of extracurricular stuff. Thankfully I had a really great family that I kind of latched onto, um, Mike Lawless's family actually. Um, so, uh, the, who I consider like second parents and they're like, two of the best people. And I don't think I ever would have stuck with scouting had it not been for them. But, um, my parents were huge in that. So, but like I said, my parents weren't like front and like day to day involved. My mother was a secretary for the pack committee. My dad, my dad went on one outing, actually two, two outings. He went on first one is he made the attempt to climb a mountain with the pack. And that was really interesting. Um, just the the trip itself was interesting because, um, nobody knew her. This was brand. We were all brand new scouts and no one kind of knew what was going on. And everybody kept saying, Oh, it was about 20 minutes to the top. And then you know, like an hour later, somebody else would say it was 20 minutes. But the second one was probably the best one because in, in a, in a weird way, because he decided he was going to come into, he was going to come with me to a trip. We took in Vermont because our, we were going to look at colleges. So this was one of my last uh, trips as a youth. We were going to look at colleges um, after uh, separately. Well, 
our troop had gone on a hike. He stayed back with the leadership. Our troop went on a hike. He stayed back. Um, in the midst of everything, while we were on the hike, he decided to, like, so the, the long story short, the place where we were staying was an old barn and it was a, it was a storage barn, but there was like a little cut through because the people we were staying with uh, owned a general store. So it was like a little cut through to the general store. And, um, he was walking through, it was kind of dark. And then he ended up falling down a flight of stairs and breaking his collarbone. So, yeah. So after that, so after, so just because those two aside, like we, we, my father kind of stayed away from the scouting thing. Um, and, um, but my mom was has since I've become an adult in the program has been very involved. She was a huge part of the success of our our day camp with you know you know other other there's a lot of other people did that. Um, I have a lot of people who I'm close to that were very involved and very instrumental in the success of that because that's a whole piece on its own. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that's a whole other topic. Um, there was also, she also does work with the training committee. She's, um, you know, she sits on Eagle boards. She does a lot of stuff because, you know, she, she wanted to give in her way of saying it is she wanted to give back to a program that gave me as much as it did. So that's, awesome. that's yeah. Your but, mother uh, is the sweetest human being on the planet. She, she reminds me of my mom a lot. <laughs> I'm sure she'll like it. Too. I'm sure she'll love hearing that. Cause she likes, no, she mean, likes hearing that. Mom, mom is wonderful. She's so sweet. Your dad's, your dad's awesome too. I mean, I've, I've known your dad my whole life. I've, I've only known your mom since knowing you. Right. <laughs> so, but your yeah, dad, it, your dad, was one of my baseball, not baseball coaches. He ran the trainings whenever oh, I was. Yeah, you know, he, he did that. Like, didn't he? He did. What was he? it? Uh, Babe Ruth. Yeah. yeah. Babe Ruth. See, that was his, his inane attempt to get me to play sports. I did not play sport. I'm not an athlete. I, 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 he, he can tell you that up, down, left, right, and sideways. I'm, I'm not an athlete. I I think baseball might be the only sport that I have any skill. And when I say any, I mean like probably the, the one iota of skill. Like I can throw a ball, I can catch it. I have that much hand-eye coordination, but other than that, like I, I, I can't, I'm not an athlete. (laughs) So in for for my, in my dad, who is, you know, Mr. Sports Editor, Mr. Athlete, you know, always big into the high school sports and, and youth sports and everything. I, it was just kind of, I always felt it was kind of weird that, you know, his son was the tap dancer and theater geek. Yeah, but I mean, you guys share a love for, th- I mean, you, every, every time I see you, like, oh yeah, going to New York to see a show with my dad. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So you definitely, I, I think that's awesome that, because you hear too many of those stories and then the negative is that you, you know, the, the sad part is that people don't have a connection with their dad because of it. And yeah. you're, I, I like that you still have that, you know, that your dad is such a multifaceted guy. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, oh my son has to be into sports because I'm a sports journalist. It's like, no, he tried that. <laughs> but... Yeah. And I think that, and, and honestly, I think that was one of the reasons why we've always had that connection is that I, at least I tried it. And he knew that he knew going into it and he knew early on that just, it wasn't my thing. Um, like I tried it, I, I gave it my best, but I just, I wasn't passionate about it the way I was passionate about other things. Um, and you know, I love, I mean, I love the theater. I love to dance. I love to sing. Um, it's, it's a, it's always been like a, a thing with me. Um, so it, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that he was, he always supported me in those endeavors because, you know, he'd always go to like, anytime I was in a theater production, he'd go, um, all of my dance recitals, he would go to, um, he would, you know, ev- as a family, every so often, every now and then we'd, we'd break out the old piano downstairs and we'd just sing for a while. So it's like little things like that, you know, I was really, I'm really thankful for as, um, you know, uh, uh, to have him support me in that endeavor absolutely dude and you know you're like you said you're you're an essential employee (laughs) and you've got you know a good support system and you need all those things because it's pretty rough out there right now um and 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 you're a good friend and that you know that's a good segue into 
you know, I am nowhere near versed in theater the way you are, but you are my geekiest theater geek friend. And um, so, uh, you know, you know, that's for sure. Danielle and Janine and, you know, and, and my wife's way into it too. But, you know, it's, it's really cool because in, in running the show and in the pandemic starting a big topic of fun ended up being Hamilton because I had never, I know Lin-Manuel Miranda. I know that you know him. Like, I mean, I know who he is. Okay. I, don't know I was like, <laughs> yeah, he's my buddy. He's my buddy. No, you kidding me? I would have seen Hamilton on Broadway if if I knew Lin Manuel Miranda. But oh, yeah. you know, I know. Sorry, I, know I had that gullible, gullible moment for a second. No, that's okay. Through through the other stuff he's done, and he, he he became you know a big deal and did stuff with Moana, and he's been working with Disney and and doing other things. And I had heard a couple songs on the Broadway Channel from In the Heights and things of that, but I had never really heard anything from from Hamilton. And it's weird that I didn't like seek it out because it was all readily available. So I kind of went into this thing cold um, and I've been addicted to it ever so, since it came. Funny story. I hope we have a little, I hope we have time for a funny story. I, so yes. I, I had, I had, I love Hamilton. So um, I, I, it, so I feel weird, like a weird theater fan for saying this, but it, I loved it. It was a great show. It didn't blow me away the way that other shows have. And I think part of the reason is, is that, you know, in, in both the time that I started in, I started in Boston. Um, I had, I had paid a beautiful dollar for the ticket. Um, oh, yeah. an absolute, but it was an amazing, t- I got, it was, a, it was cheap compared to the rest of them. But it, I, I had gotten off a of StubHub. It was an amazing seat. It was like first row mezzanine. I had a clear shot to the stage. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. It's one of the things. That's like one of my biggest things when it comes to going to the theaters. I love. I, I got to sit up high because I'm short. And I don't like to sit on the orchestra because nine times out of ten, I sit in the orchestra area. And somebody who's hundred who's six feet tall will sit with a bouffant hairdo will sit in front of me, such as when I saw Beetlejuice, but that's a whole separate story. Next time I see you, ah. like, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, the, um, so I had seen it. The problem was I hadn't eaten anything the entire day. I had it, it starved myself thinking I'd have time to eat before the show, but I didn't have time to eat. So by the second act, I was like so hungry and I had such a headache that I was like, please God, let this end. Um, but, this, the music itself, it's such a, it, I think it's such a genius, genius score um, yeah. and a genius thing. And I think a lot of it too, and, and this, this comes from when I saw it on Disney plus is there, and part of the reason why I, it, it, you, I feel like you got to see it like 25 times to, for you to actually get what's going on because there's so much going on. That's what in, I mean. Yeah. In the, in, in, um, over the course of the thing and that it, in, in the, the, the dialogue is so quick. So unless you, Unless like, like me, like, you know, when I was starting, when I was um, getting ready to move into Medford store, the Medford store, I was commuting back and forth to Haverhill for a while, then commuting back and forth to Stoneham and then Everett, because that's what those were the stores I was placed in, in preparation for the new one. Um, so I had a lot of car time. And so I got to know Hamilton. I actually made it a point to like listen to Hamilton. And I got to really learn the score. So like there are certain songs that I can actually rattle off full on. Like um, I can do uh, satisfied that the Angelica Schuyler song, I can sing satisfied straight through. That's one of my top favorites in the whole thing. I love that freaking song. Um, And I can, I, I I can do, Oh, what's not, not the Yorktown. I can, I've I've almost got Yorktown down as areas where I can, I, I falter, but the score itself is just really good. But I think, to, you know, both times I've seen it, I've had things like in my distracting me. So the first, you know, seeing it in Boston, it was the, it was my hunger. But seeing it on July third, living right next to or having my family live right next to a playground, you can ascertain what I probably heard in the background every five seconds. Yeah, um, <laughs> fireworks. <laughs> It was especially great during Yorktown when they were talking about, you know, firing the bayonets. I had fireworks going off in the background. It was like, it kind of like, that was the one time it actually like furthered the experience. But, um, but no, I loved Hamilton. I thought it was such, it was such a genius production and such a genius, you know, such, because I mean, more than, more so, it was such, so ahead of its time. And I think even, even in, in 2020, it was so ahead of its time because it really, 
you know, it was a different type of music. Like you, you know, especially like if, if you're like a, a purist type of theater fan, like I am, you in the songs supplement the dialogue a lot of times. So they're not like you, you know, it, the, the the songs are you know kind of are a. a kind of add to the story versus the songs being the story because it's all right. music that sometimes becomes difficult like yeah andrew so andrew Lloyd weber can get away with it um uh, doing songs that are doing musicals that are completely sung through because of the way that his music is structured it's it's a little more you know easy he can get away with it you know it's harder there's only one musical that i just that sung through that i really did not like and it was les mis yeah, you know, um, I, there, I, I've seen three or four different iterations of Les Mis in, in film. Um, I've never seen a performance of it. And their individual songs and set pieces in it are really cool. It just, it, to me, it's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, just to me. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of them. And then, you know, there's a whole, there's a, whole, a thing about how well film musicals translate into, I mean, musicals translate into film and, you know, there are certain musicals yeah. that did it great, and then certain musicals that didn't do it great. So, I mean, I th- that's the topic that if, if I had my own podcast, I'd probably devote an entire hour to. Um, I would love, I would love to have you on again and talk about that topic, like in general, because I've seen so many, and you're, there are some times where they just don't translate um, yeah. at all, and it's a bummer because the music is so damn good, and it, it but this. I really love the way they did Hamilton. I've I've really been enjoying these filmed stage performances that oh, they've done. Absolutely, the- and I think one of the great things about that is that they are that it, one of the things I love about this the the and as as faultless because as faulted as they are because there are issues, there are definitely like issues with them, but the yep. NBC Live musicals that they do, I love them because they yeah. are bringing they are bringing a genre of that genre of theater to the Amer- to, to, to the people, you know, people who can't afford to go to New York city or go to the, you know, a major city and see a, a, a Broadway musical, the, the, those NBC musicals or those film TV perform films performances are a godsend. I mean, even me, like I, I mean, it's, it, I save up. I, I, you know, my thing now is I go to New York in February, I see a couple of shows, but that's like, you know, my one foray into theater, unless it's something I really want to see in Boston. Right. And that's the thing, right? As, as, as a, as a film fan, one of the things I, I love about film is learning all of the idiosyncrasies and little stuff and Easter eggs and watching how the stuff was filmed and watching the angles and going back through and analyzing and rewatching. I love things that get better. The more you look at them. Right. Mm. And theater Every theater production, at least a lot of like the good ones, are layered, and there's so much work and artistry being put in on every level, from the choreography to the live performance of the music to the acting to the um, uh, you know acrobatics to the dancing to the lighting. Everything is so important, and just like with a movie, yeah, okay, movies have casual fans, and theater has casual fans. So you get a person that, you know, the big thing is we drop 600 bucks and we go see Hamilton in New York, and they see it once and they love it, and that's the last time they think about it. But Hamilton being on Disney+, Plus, I feel like before having access to something like that or Newsies or the Rent one that they did or a couple other ones they've done in the past, or like you said, the, the live performances on TV – all you had was maybe access to the soundtrack. Right. And so you're, you're, you know, you're okay. You've decided I'm obsessed with Hamilton and next year I'm going to get to go see it in New York. So you buy the soundtrack and you think about like, you read about it and you listen to it and you think about how it's being performed, but then you still only have the visual once or maybe twice if you can afford to go again. And then maybe it's a different cast or maybe you go and the cast has an off night or maybe there's a um, you know understudy which, there, which and has so, happened. I've I have gone to, to oh, shows yeah. and the and the casts have been extremely off, and that's really marred the performance for me. And it's well, weird, like so. You no, know, it's and all. What was cool? I, I saw If Then with my wife about five times, I think, in on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And, and you got me that autograph, which I'm so yes. eternally grateful for. <laughs> and what was great is every time Adina Menzel was all. I mean, how. 
if she was going to have an understudy for a performance, that probably happened very rare. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, she's the draw for that. But getting to see a musical that many times and get, we saw, you know, um, other actors, understudies play them sometimes. And it's like, that was a really cool thing to see. Maybe it would be cool the next time they do one of these, like, especially, you know, to do a, you know, we're going to have a, we're going to film the live performance with the current cast and then film a performance with the traveling cast or film a performance with their understudies. I love learning more. Like, I love how every character, the duality of all the actors playing different characters in both halves are basically playing both their characters in the opening um, of the thing where, you know, the, we fought with him line is no. Yeah. We fought beside him, but also we were Thomas Jefferson and James Madison. So we fought against him. And I'm yeah. like, this is brilliant. Also, I, you probably know the statistics more than me, but there has got to be some sort of record for the amount of words in this goddamn play, because I, I don't know. I, the, there are some there. It's, it's somewhere. I don't know where it is, but I, I have I heard am, the number and I've, I've seen it. I just don't remember what it is. I'm a wordplay guy. I love wordplay and word puns. And, and this is full of them. Almost every line in this thing has a double, if not quadruple meaning. And it, it blows me away how someone yeah. can be so like, not only that ingenious with the words, but like you said, you can go from a song that's so nowadays, but with a character that's so not, and it fits so well together, but then also have beautifully done like old fashioned Broadway numbers mixed in with it, especially yeah. when you have a character that that's the point is this character is supposed to be set in their ways and old fashioned. So they don't, you know, they don't rap or they don't, you know, sing a, um, a bluesy, you know, like R and B song. Um, yeah. Another, th another thing. It was, it's, it's, it's funny. The funny you say that because I think, don't quote me on this because I don't. I remember hearing Jonathan because I'm assuming you're talking about Jonathan Groff as King George. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, I remember an interview with, that when Hamilton was like first coming out, um, that Jonathan Groff did. Um, I think I, I think I remember it, but it was like because I, I also listened to the broad, the Sirius XM Broadway, um, Seth Rudetsky. So I think he was doing a, an interview with him, and I remember for some ungodly reason him saying something to the effect of, um, you know, you have, you have all these people that are coming, that, that are watching Hamilton. And they're like, they're trying to follow it because of all the crazy, all the, the fast words and everything. And you get these, then now you finally got this guy coming out. That's just singing a plain old song. And they're like, Oh, thank God. Um, that was actually the first song that I latched onto was, was you'll be back. Um, probably because yeah. a, it fits my range extremely well. And I love to sing Me it. Too. Um, I, I, if you, if I have smooth, so I have small, and I, every I, I tried the the karaoke app Smool, and I I will sing it on occasion. Every and of course every time I sing it and record it, they delete it because of the copyright. But yeah, I love to sing that song. It's like one. It's it's just because I love one of my it's, it's one of my pipe dreams. You know, and it's funny is I would love to be a character actor, not a. I don't really want to. I don't want to. I don't strive to be like a, a De Niro or a Travolta or a, you know, name a, a huge celebrity that that you know, everybody pays attention to. I want to be a. I'd love to be an actor, in a in in like in in a show where, like you you, they're so versatile because that they can be in they can can act in a crime drama. And then cameo in a comedy or, or whatever like that, or even in theater, they're just like they're the ones that come in. They come in, they steal the show, but they just they just steal the show with like one number or one yeah. thing, like King Herod and Jesus Christ Superstar, or yep. he comes in for like one song, but he steals the show. I would love to be that kind of character because it's like I'm not a good actor. Like I, I can't act when I have a paper bag, but I can interpret songs like i can i can kind of interpret the acting through a song and i mean if you can come out and sing a four minute song stop the show and like be the only thing that somebody talks about that's like the best thing ever you know so i agree and, and it's, you know. it's, it's funny that you move in it moved into the jonathan Groff thing because i love the entire play but those four teeny tiny little numbers there's a three yeah but are it would be less. They, they do so much to bookend everything that's going on. And like you said, it's an audience's perspective character 
because he comes right. in and slows everything down and puts you, it, it's like a timeline thing. This is where we are in history. And I love how he interacts with the play. Almost, it, It's a fourth wall breaking thing. You like how the, the, the third, second or third time he comes out, he looks around like in horror at every, like just like stepping away from everybody and kind of awkwardly walking through like, Oh God, I have to walk around these damn traitorous Americans. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just, I, I love it. Everything it's funny. Cause it. I think in the, in the third, in the third one, I think it, in the third of his, there's the, you'll be back. There's the big one, which is you'll be back. And then there's the second one, which I don't remember what the title of that, but there's the other one, which is, I know him. I know and him. It's the, it's the it's the one where he he goes you know he talks about how you know the U.S. the the, the new president is stepping aside and and you know somebody else is coming in and I didn't realize that was something that you could do yes. because you know here you're looking at the British monarchy who you know we look at Queen Elizabeth she's been on the throne for like ninety years um, but the I think it's so funny and then the other just because at the um, at the end, how he says, President John Adams, good luck. And this was like, yeah. and Hamilton came about, I mean, not that I want to get political, but Hamilton came out right around the same time as, in, like, so it came out in 2015, 2016, so it was like right around that yep. bewitching time. Um, Have you seen the um, teach them how to say goodbye performance being performed in front of Obama? Have you no, seen recording of I this? Didn't. Is it was that was that a was that a like a at the the actual Yeah. Um, it's the last theater, song it? it's the last song they played that night where they did Hamilton at the White House. Oh and yeah, yeah. The look they cut our... to the crowd and it's just it, watching that now, like watching it mm-hmm. then was kind of like, okay, cool, this is a cool send-off for a cool president. All right, go for it. And then watching it now, it's like <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I, I guess I not that I want to get political, no, but no, I, no. I, I totally, it's I, it's I totally understand but, that. But um, what I was going to say, Andrew, I, 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 uh, I need to get back to work. Um, but I wanted to give you a chance to put a, a bookend on, on any of these topics, whatever, give a shout out to anybody, anyone, anything, point people in a, whatever you'd want to say to the world or the tiny portion of it that listens to this. And also let you know that I absolutely had a blast and we have to do this again. So oh, thank you. I, I would love to be on again. There is one thing I do want to say. Um, yes. One, well, maybe two things, but one, if you go into a store and they ask you to wear a mask, please wear the mask. Because if you yes. don't, if you don't, we're never going to be out of this. Uh, this comes from somebody who's had to enforce it every single day. Secondly, and probably kind of t- booking ending to what we're talking about with the theater. Theater is suffering right now because they can't perform. No, yes. n- you go or anywhere in the country, you're going to go see a regional theater or a or a. Or a tour house or a Broadway house in New York that shut down because of this pandemic. This in the industry is not going to survive. If people don't, when it, it finally gets back is going to it. There's nothing like a live theater. Go see it, go experience it. Like, I mean, I, I just, I just go because I love to go. I mean, I'm not an actor. I, I don't have any stake in this, but you know, I love going. I think anybody would love going. So just go and enjoy it. Have a great experience, you know, wear the mask if you have to, but, you know, just enjoy it, support it. That's all I got. No, thank you. And find find ways to support it. There's plenty of things out there. Lin-Manuel Miranda and a lot of people are advocating for them if you search yeah. for them. There's They're, places to donate, places to help. Yeah. One of them is if you, are, if you do want to donate, there's the Actors Fund. Yes. Which is um, the, which it's, it's a fund that is set up for working actors to, to, to get support. Um, I, I, I would, pl- I plug a lot of it. I I'm going to plug it because I've, I've seen it a couple of times and it's really, really entertaining. But if you have the opportunity to do, if you have Sirius XM or it's on YouTube, um, this, there's a Broadway, uh, personality named Seth Rodetsky. Yep. He does, uh, Seth's, oh God, what's the name of that? I can't think of it right now, but, um, it's like an, ad, it's like a, 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 a home, a show that he does from his home. 
um, via Zoom or via or Skype or whatever, where he talks to different. He does he does reunions with different shows, or he's done like TV show reunions. But all the proceeds from you can donate. It's a free to watch, but you can donate, and all the proceeds will go to the Actors Fund, and they have raised quite a bit of money from it. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, I like I said. I, now I can't I can't think of the title of the show, but just search his name yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, look up his name. He's, he's, yeah, I've 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 watched the show and can't think of the name of it. So that's that yeah. shows how good I am. But yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, thank you and th- thank you for the wear the mask thing. And for those those of you in retail who unfortunately are stuck at the front lines having to enforce this, listen listen to uh, you know a guy who's been there for a long time, please enforce it. I'm, I'm, I feel bad, you know, the other customers in there that want to wear masks and want this to get better will be there to support you. I know it's really hard to tell an older person or, you know, I remember being a 17 year old at a blockbuster having to enforce rules to people that were 15 years my senior, you know, um, sometimes people have to be told that they're doing something wrong and nine times out of 10, they're going to go, oh shit and fix it. You know what I mean? But if, if you are afraid of being met with aggression, just know, I, I don't think there's a customer out there that, you know, isn't going to pig pile on a jerk if they, if, if an employee comes up and tries to get them to, you know, wear a mask and they have a flip out like some of the ones we've been seeing online. So please keep fighting the good fight, please. Will do. <laughs> yeah, <Will> do. <laughs> I know it's hard. Um, thank you so much, Andrew, for shooting the shit with Chippa and you will be back. wow that wasn't even intentional um (laughs) i i will not send a fully armed battalion to remind you that you're coming back you're just going to come back um (laughs) (laughs) and uh so thank you all for listening and we'll see you soon bye